0: What's up everybody, Josh Cohen here with OrlandoMagic.com and MagicGaming.NBA.com and this is edition number three of the Magic Gaming podcast and I'm excited to once again be joined by the head coach of Magic Gaming, Jonah Edwards, and we have another special guest and that is Ben Rivera from the Orlando Magic Radio Department. He is an avid gamer, loves NBA 2K and we'll get more into that in just a moment. But first, Jonah, I want to ask you about the upcoming draft. Uh, A date cell has not been scheduled yet for the draft, but it will be here soon. Uh, Now that you've seen the draft combine, have an idea of who the eligible players will be, uh, what are some of the strengths and characteristics you're going to be looking for with your two picks? You you do have a second and fourth round pick uh, again in this upcoming 2020 draft.
1: Yeah, Josh. So, you know, we're, we're actually taking kind of a unique approach in, in that we're you know the people we're looking for in the second round are a lot different, I think, than the people we're looking for in the fourth round. Um, so, you know, in the second round, we're looking for a guy who's specialized, um, you know, plays one position really, really well at a high level. And, and um, you know, overall, I want guys that have high work ethic, um, guys that are, that are willing to, to stay in the studio long hours. I think that's a, the blessing we have with our current roster is they're guys that just they love playing 2K. They love getting better. They want to keep grinding the game. And that's an awesome thing we have. And so, you know, obviously I want to continue that with, with our two new guys. But in the second round, we're definitely looking for someone who specializes in one position. That way we kind of have five guys that I think are kind of specialists in each way. Um, and then obviously in the fourth round, we're looking for a guy who can sort of be like a second coach with, the, with his eyes and his skill set as well as, you know, maybe play a little, little two through five, maybe three through five, guys that can kind of do a little bit of everything. That way we can, you know, have some flexibility going into the season.
0: Yeah, that's awesome. I'm really excited to see how it all plays out. Now, Ben, I want to turn it over to you. You are very passionate about NBA 2K gaming as a whole. And I just want to get your take on your experiences with NBA 2K, how much fun you've had with it, and how much you currently play. I know you said recently to me that you still play a lot with your friends and even get pretty competitive at times. So just talk about your background with NBA 2K.
2: You know, I mean, I've been playing. Pretty much since I was about 13, you know, I think NBA Live 09 was the last NBA Live game I played, and then I transitioned over to the 2K community. And, you know, I, I think it's still a way for me to connect with my friends ever since I've been, like I just said, 13, you know, we still get competitive with it. We play Pro-Am almost every day, Rec Center almost every single day, you know. I like to, I like to run the show. I like to be the point guard for our team, you know. But, I mean, it's, I think it's been a big part of my life ever since I've been younger because now that I'm from Massachusetts, now that I moved down south to Florida, it's still a way for me to connect with all my friends from Massachusetts, connect with the world, you know. It's still a way to you, – you're just constantly learning. Although it's a video game, you're learning the situations that you put in – you're being put in into that video game when you run a Jordan Rex Center game, when you run a Pro-Am game. You're looking for the situations to get a win, you know, the special, the special archetypes in the video game, how, it, how it's almost – sidelined with the actual NBA you know what I'm saying yeah so it's still a way for me to learn the game of basketball as well as be a fan of the game of basketball and be in the game of basketball
0: and this will be your first time working with an organization that has an NBA 2k team how excited are you for that I mean you're going to be able to be kind of front and center with some of the content that's going to go on with the NBA 2k league I and mean, we're going to have this podcast weekly so
2: how pumped are you about that? I mean, I'm extremely excited. First of all, this is my first time working for an NBA team in general. I lo- Listen, I love basketball. The fact that I'm working for an NBA team that already has a 2K league team, it's like the best of both worlds because, like I said, I love basketball. I love NBA 2K. I love the NBA. Like, there's nothing you
0: can go wrong with it. Yeah, that's great. And, and Jonah, I want to now ask about your history with the draft and particularly the draft room. How chaotic does it get? Are papers flying all over the place? Is there a lot of yelling and screaming between the decision makers about what, what moves you're going to make? And are you making phone calls to other teams, other general managers? I mean, how crazy does it get in the draft room?
1: So this will actually be the first year where, dra- where trades are allowed mid-draft. So I'm guessing it's going to be crazier this year than ever in that way, which is going to be really exciting. Um, you know, season one, it was, it was unique. I was actually in Madison Square Garden in a war room they had, they had set up for us there when the draft was in Madison Square Garden, of course. And, um, I was kind of alone in the, in the war room a lot. Like it was just kind of me. And so season two was a lot different. We were here in Orlando in the actual Orlando magic war room, which is really cool. Um, and, and so I was there and it's, it's me, it's Ryan, a couple other decision makers, Jay Riola, people like that, um, are in the war room. And, and of course, Dan Savage was there too. And, and, uh, capturing all those good moments. And, I wouldn't say it's it's chaotic in that way. I don't think there's papers flying around. It's um I'm very uh calculated with with kind of I already have my plan going into draft day. Uh, I have a, an Excel spreadsheet that kind of ranks players at each position and and I'm kind of showing everybody it. I literally have it up on the board so everyone in the room can see it and and you know I, I'm also blessed with the I think the fact that you know there are other teams to be candid. There are other teams in the league that have people that are decision makers that don't know a lot about NBA 2K, maybe don't know a lot about the players and the personnel that they're, they're maybe picking. And, and I'm lucky enough to have people that are, that are engaged like Ryan that also understand that this is what I do for a living. This is my expertise. Uh, so they're able to kind of let me make those decisions, which obviously can go both ways. If, <laughs> if we had had a terrible season last year, um, then obviously it's easy to point that finger, Hey Jonah, w- what happened? Um, but you know I, I think it's a blessing and a curse, but obviously i would I would want it no other way. like I think that yeah, we're, we're lucky in that way, but uh, so you know, I, I always bounce my ideas off of Ryan, you know obviously after we picked we picked Rezy, I bounced a few ideas off him, like I want to make sure everyone feels comfortable with what I'm doing in, in my thought process, but as long as as long as um you know we're, we're getting the right guys, I think that's the goal.
0: Yeah, and just uh rewind the clock a little bit to last year's draft. you chose. Uh, Reezy with your first round pick, ninth overall, and then DT in the second round, 29th. Talk about some of the storylines that led up to those two selections. Was it just cut and dry that you knew going in you were going to take those two guys if they were available? Did you think that both of them might already be taken before you were making your selections? Just kind of think back and reflect a little bit about what led to those choices.
1: Yeah, so at nine, we we had four different contingencies built out based on you know what was going to fall to us. We weren't sure yet. Um, so Reed was actually our third option there. We actually you know, and I'll, I'll just say the names. We we wanted BP first, he was, but we knew he was going to be gone. We assumed he was going to Sacramento. That was kind of the rumor for weeks. Um, so we kind of expected him to be gone. But we knew he was an incredible talent, and if we got our hands on him, we would we would jumped on him. So um, and then also there was there was Vandy from the Grizzlies and and i had i you know obviously i had told reedy ree's sorry i told reezy um, candidly like hey man like if vandy's there we're taking him it's like we really like you we really you know we really think you're going to bring a lot to the table here but but we we prefer his skill set and and he understood you know reed was a guy who was playing shooting guard all off season and was going to transition to point guard for us so we weren't sure he wasn't sure how he was going to look and and obviously vandy was taken 7th overall by memphis which again we we kind of expected we we kind of hear all these rumors hey, they're going to take this guy they're going to take this guy you know, the, the only way is if, if BP fell, then the Grizzlies were going to take BP and then we were going to get Vandy. So we were kind of hoping for that situation, which, which didn't happen. And, you know, we kind of fell right into Reed. And it's funny, I gave Reed a call. You know, nine was on the clock. We had made our decision instantly. And we knew, we knew the second Vandy got picked, we're going to Reed at nine. Um, and so I gave him a call and, and he picked up the phone and he sounded really nervous. Um, and, and he told me later that when I called him, he, was, he thought I was calling to tell you we weren't picking him. And I was like, that's not really how that works. Um, but he was really nervous because Bear to Beast was on the board, and Bear was my fourth point guard. So he was the next one up. Um, and, and so if Reed had, had not been there, you know, we probably would have gone with Bear there. So um, just just really, really funny. He, he was like, yeah, oh, I just thought you were going to call me to, to say, yeah, we're not picking you here. So that was pretty
0: funny. Well, it all worked out. Reezy was the rookie of the year and MVP finalist. ET also was one of the better rookies uh, throughout the league. So. Uh, hopefully it all works out again uh, this upcoming year. Really excited to see how it all shakes out. So I'm going to ask two questions uh, to both of you, and you give me your input and your insight and and your feedback on each of these. Uh, first question, now, even though the holiday season is over, uh, think back to every single video game-related holiday gift you ever received and decide... Which of those gifts is your favorite of all time, whether it's a console itself, a video game, maybe an accessory, anything video game related that you've ever received uh, during the holiday season? I'll start with Ben. Can you recollect and think about what your favorite of all time was? See, it's a close tie because um, one time my
2: mom, I was very upset when this happened. She pulled one of these Christmas pranks on me. She um, stuffed a big box, wrapped it up, opened up this gift box. Big box. I'm thinking, oh, what is this gonna be? It's gonna be something sick. Open it up, nothing in there. Just a tinier box. Okay, open it up, nothing in there. Just a tinier box. So on and so forth. Nothing. Literally a box of nothing. Spent me about five minutes to open all these boxes. Because my mom's a really great gift wrapper. So, like, you know, when everyone's like way too technical about the gift wrap, it's difficult to open up. So and then eventually so I felt bamboozled. (laughs) Eventually, 20 minutes later, after I think Christmas is over, I thought that was the last gift, she pulls up to my room with a Nintendo Wii. I think that was my happiest moment. Mm. But a game-specific, definitely Modern Warfare 2. And mm. I'm an Xbox console guy, so you know that game definitely caused a hectic period in my life just because of game chat and people just talking slander all over the internet. But definitely Modern Warfare 2. Jonah?
1: Yeah, for me... I actually have a pretty fond memory of of I was probably 12 or 13 at the time, and anyone that knows the Gears of War series, it's very gory, not appropriate for someone of that age, and I definitely asked for it for Christmas, thinking that my, you know, my parents would figure it out that that's just not an appropriate game, but of course, you know, they're ignorant to, to video games, they don't really know what they're looking for, and so I got it anyway, and I was like 12 or 13, and I dove into it that winter, and I played it, like, every day, like, eight hours a day. Like, I was just, the whole winter break, I was just so invested in Gears of War, the first one, and it was an incredible game. It won a million awards, and, and yeah, just remember, like, being a 13-year-old with my chainsaw and Gears of War, so that was really funny.
0: Yeah, I, did you guys get any cool video game-related gifts this year, by chance, or did you give out any video game-related gifts to someone else that stands out? You know, um, actually, I got, I bought myself a,
2: um, a video game
0: related it's gift the way this to year. do it, got to buy it yourself.
2: Um, you know, I'm a huge Star Wars fan. I'm actually wearing a Star Wars shirt right now. But I got um, Jedi Fallen Order, and pretty much you just create your own Jedi and you just take them through missions and building his skill level. So I mean, again, being a huge Star Wars nerd, I think that was definitely the gift for myself. Yeah, but that's about it for this year. Neat.
1: Yeah, I'm, I, I'm not blessed enough, I think, to get enough. No, I mean, I think that. Um, when you do what I do, like people just know that you're gonna buy the, the stuff you want when it's come when it comes to gaming. I've been gaming yeah. so long, like I don't think anyone wants to go on on a limb and go get me something uh, gaming related. But I always make sure to get my, my little brother. He's he's 13. I always make sure to get him gaming related gifts. So um, he he's a big gamer, loves playing Xbox and and big big 2K guy as well. So I you know I got him the, the release when it came out, and I gave him a little Xbox money so he can go. He wanted Red Dead Redemption, so he
0: hmm. can go get that. Well, my next and final question is, which video game all time gave you the most fits? What was the most frustrating video game experience of your life? Whether it was because it was super challenging or the design of the game was not favorable for your playing style, whatever the case may be. Uh, John, I'll start with you on this one. Which one really just caused you problems?
1: Yeah. So I have, I have two in mind and these games are meant to be hard. So actually currently I've been watching the Witcher on Netflix, right? And so everyone has, I think. And, and so I downloaded the Witcher three, which I had played before, but I cranked it up on like not the hardest, but second hardest difficulty. And it is brutal. Like I'm dying to bears in the woods, brutal. Um, so that one hurts a lot. And then I remember I used to play dark souls a lot. And those games are so hard. They're almost not fun. They're so hard. And and I just remember getting so frustrated. I'm probably like five hours into Dark Souls 3, and I just literally couldn't get past the scene and probably never played it again. Like, it was, like, just that hard.
2: Mm. <laughs> ben? I mean, for me, definitely, um, I want to say Halo 3. I mean, one of my all-time favorite games, but it's definitely the game that made me almost throw my controller against the wall a thousand mm-hmm. times as well. I mean, campaign-wise, for Halo players that know the game, there's um, a difficulty. You get Skulls. And skulls add on a little bit of difficulty to the game. It's like you don't get to see a HUD. You die rather quickly. You don't get to um, regen your health quick enough. So it's called lasso when you put all the skulls on. So me and my friends like to do um, campaigns on lasso. It takes us forever. Like you get shot once you die. Restart from the very beginning. So you have to go perfect. And about like how many times we almost got to the end of a mission and died by some random grenade that no one saw or heard. Mm -hmm. It just made me want to rip my hair out. But again, there's so many good memories on that game as well that made it worth it.
0: Yeah, yeah. I, I could imagine for you guys who are avid gamers that there's always going to be that one game that you lose sleep at night with. But uh, I got to get myself into a game that causes me that kind of frustration just to have that kind of uh, passion. Even though it could be a heartache, it could be a complication, but it might be worth it. So I'll have to explore different games to see which one will give me those kinds of fits. But, uh, you know, for now... I'm uh, becoming very, very into NBA 2K, obviously, so that's the game that I'm really focused on right now for, for a variety of reasons, but uh, I've become very passionate for, for many, many different purposes. Have you made a player yet? I have not. I have to do that still. Okay. So I, that's, that's my next agenda.
2: You know what? So I'm going to ask you a quick question. Yeah. You, since you know about my player, what do you think your build is going to be?
0: Well, I think my main strength, so on the actual basketball court, I've been known for either shooting or passing. I'm kind of like a shot-creating playmaker, so I feel like essentially at the end of the day, that would be my greatest strengths as a player, but I'll see. I'm not too sure yet what I'm most comfortable with. I have to continue playing the game to really see uh, where my uh, gaming strengths are, but uh, at this particular point, that's probably the direction I would go. For sure, for sure. Well, thanks again, guys, Jonah and Ben. Really appreciate all your insight and information. And uh, stay tuned. Uh, We're going to continue doing these monthly until the start of the season. And then once the season is underway, the plan is to do these weekly. And we'll keep you updated on everything related to the draft and uh, the season as a whole. Once uh, Reezy, Toxic, DT, and May are in town, we'll get them on again. So that should be really exciting. So thanks again, guys. Really appreciate it. We'll catch you next time.